Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. I'll be picking up your phone calls in just a wee little bit here. I want to get into how conservatives are doubling down on their racism. And also, everything the press said about the economy was wrong. We'll get into that as well. But I wanted to start off with the Medicare Advantage plan to kill real, real Medicare. You know, if they can move more than half of Americans off traditional Medicare and onto these corporate plans, these so-called Medicare Advantage plans, it'll provide the, the political cover to kill off Medicare altogether. And they're nearly there now. There are over 40% of people have, have uh, moved from Medicare to Medicare Advantage plans. Medicare Advantage plans, of course, are not Medicare. They are privatized plans. This came out of the 2003 um, legislation that George W. Bush got pushed through. He's been trying to privatize Social Security and Medicare quite proudly his entire political career. Uh, in fact, I linked to an old 2003 or 2004 New York Times article where George W. Bush is out there as president of the United States saying, we got to privatize Social Security. You know, this is our first priority. So here's the thing, you know, Medicare Advantage is not Medicare. It is, these are private, I mean, you know, technically, I suppose you could say it is. Uh, it's not Medicare parts A or B. It's not what you and I think of as Medicare. It, these are private, often typically for-profit health insurance plans. And the reason that they have so much money to run all these ads on TV and all the stuff you're seeing online and all the things that are showing up in your, in your mailbox and everything else is because they are massively ripping off the Centers for Medicare Services, CMS. So, you know, basically, you know, Medicare, the Medicare Trust Fund, as it were. They're massively ripping off all of us. And these companies, in fact, I'll, I'll just, there, there was a, uh, uh, the Center for Public Integrity back in 2014 did this huge investigative report titled, Why Medicare Advantage Costs Taxpayers Billions More Than It Should. And what they point out is that the, the Medicare Advantage programs provide a significant percentage less in terms of services. Um, the, they're, got a couple of statistics here in this article. This, by the way, the op-ed is over at HartmanReport.com if you want to read the whole thing and see the links and all the details and everything else. Um, 
It all has to do with jacking up risk scores, which is, uh, I, I'm not even going to go into all the details of that, but basically they, they figure out ways to make it appear that people on Medicare Advantage plans are sicker than they are. They typically do this by sending doctors or nurses to your house and trying to find things, not that they will pay for treating, but that they will charge the government for. And, and, they, and they have, and, and this, the, the risk scores, this, this is from that, that article that I was telling you about, or that investigative report, quote, risk scores of Medicare Advantage patients rose sharply in plans in at least 1,000 counties nationwide um, between 2007 and 11, boosting taxpayer costs by more than $36 billion over estimated costs for caring for patients in standard Medicare. So the way it works is, you know, an insurance company goes out and says to people, we'll, we'll give you a Medicare Advantage plan. You don't have to pay us anything. Then they go to the federal government and they say, hey, I got Joe. He signed up. Give me money. And the money that the federal government gives the private insurance company to give Joe a health insurance policy is more than the federal government would be paying to provide just regular Medicare, substantially more. And very often, the services that are received are substantially less. And, you know, as a result, there's just this massive overpaying. This is from the National Bureau of Economic Research. Okay, they compared Medicare Advantage plans with traditional Medicare. And what they found out, this is a quote from this, Medicare Advantage insurer revenues, in other words, the, the money that the, the insurance companies get, are 30% higher than their health care spending. Healthcare spending for enrollees in Medicare Advantage is 25% lower than for enrollees in traditional Medicare in the same county with the same risk score. So by making Medicare Advantage patients, people, people by, by caught, forcing people who have Medicare Advantage to go through the same BS hoops that regular insurance does, where every procedure has to be pre-approved by the insurance company, every drug has to be pre-approved, every doctor visit you've got to pay, you know, a, a, a co-payment or or not. I mean, depending on the plan, but but basically they figure out all these ways to to deny or make difficult the delivery of services that cost them money, at the same time that they're you know taking more money in from the government. Again, this quote: National Bureau of Economic Research. Medicare ins uh, Advantage insurer revenues are 30% higher than their healthcare spending. In other words, 30% profit right off the top. And this is a business that generated $150 billion two years ago, last time we had you know, numbers for this. According to that NBER study, paid people with Medicare Advantage got 15% fewer colon cancer screening tests, 24% fewer diagnostic tests, 38% fewer flu shots, because, you know, everything you got to do is song and dance to get anything out of Medicare Advantage. Whereas with regular Medicare, you just show up at your doctor's office, you just, you know, make an appointment, you do what you do, and it gets paid for. But their plan, if they can get more than half of Americans on Medicare Advantage, and they'll probably hit that point either this year or next year during these open enrollment periods, once Medicare is more than 50% Medicare Advantage, they'll just start phasing out regular Medicare. And then there'll be nothing but private health insurance for people over 65. And then the insurance company will come forward and say, hey, we changed our mind. We're in favor of Medicare for all. Because it's all Medicare Advantage now. It's all private, for-profit, rip-off-the-government health insurance. We're right back to where we were 10 years ago with, with, you know, before Obamacare. 
I mean, the, there will be a, a few small tweaks <laughs> as, as we've seen. But uh, anyhow, Congress has to has to do something about this. I mean, uh, you know, Sherrod Brown has been you know, the senator from Ohio, the Democratic senator from Ohio, has been leading the charge on, you know, trying to figure out what the hell's going on here. He, he pointed out in a letter a uh, year before last to uh, Trump's Medicare leader, Seema Verma, she ran CMS, that uh, Medicare apparently overpaid, is a fancy word for got robbed by, $30 billion a year. No response from the Trump administration. The Biden administration needs to make this right. You know, people are talking about how, oh, Joe Biden's numbers are in the tank and and uh, Joe Biden isn't doing well. And, you know, Terry McAuliffe uh, lost in Virginia because people are losing confidence and faith in Democrats and Biden. Well, that may have something to do with the fact that in June and July and in August and in September, we were told over and over and over again by the media. And, you know, this is not to blame the media. They were told this by the Department of Labor. And I'm wondering how many leftover Trumpies are over at the Department of Labor and I hope somebody is looking into this, that the economy sucked when, in fact, the economy was making a full-blown recovery. Eric Bollard is writing about this over on his uh, Press Run uh, uh, .media website. He said, worker wages are up this year as employees enjoy unmatched leverage in the marketplace. Job gains are soaring. Companies are printing profits thanks to sky-high consumer demand. Target sales spiked 13% in the last quarter. They expect double-digit gains over the holiday season. Mortgage interest rates are still around 2.5%. So what happened? Well, the government under, undercounted the number of new jobs. J.P. Morgan upgraded its growth expectations for the economy, raising its forecast for U.S. GDP to climb to 5% in the fourth quarter. Biden's uh, pandemic stimulus plan has worked. Households are sitting on a collective $2.5 trillion in savings built up during the pandemic. Yeah, inflation is up and it's a problem, uh, but, you know, and, and people say that's why consumer confidence is down, but uh, inflation is up because the economy has recovered. In a way, it's like, you know, yeah, that's the good news. The bad news is what? Oh, yeah, inflation. But where is this coming from? It's coming from a recovering economy. It's coming from pent up demand. It is going to be transitory. This is not going to be like the 70s unless... You know, OPEC decides to try to drive the price of oil above 100 bucks a barrel. If they do, then, yeah, you know, then you'll see systemic long-term inflation. But right now, it's, it's a short-term thing. So, anyway, I just want to put that on your radar screen. You can read all about it at PressRun.media. So, Daryl in Seattle. Hey, Daryl, what's on your mind today? Oh, you're going to love this, Tom. Hey, it, it co-joins beautifully with your opening. Uh, excuse me, I just got a call 15 minutes ago from my employee of 14 years, 31-year-old. With, he thinks he's going he's going in for COVID. But oh, I've no. been writing this for a couple of days, and it's a little disconcerted because of that phone call. But my wife of 47 years has been recovering from multiple myoma for the last year. The blood disease lowers the immune system as it did to COVID. Powell. After many blood tests, transfusions, and falls, I was relegated to the role of caregiver. Even so, I would make time for some morning yoga and most, mostly listening to the Tom Hartman program. One morning, while the both of us were listening, there was a very scary occurrence of flailing arms and foaming of the mouth. EMTs and an airlift to Seattle Harbor View UW 
emergency trauma unit for three days. Her sister and I waited for diagnosis. She was sedated and comatose, and then the call hey, from Darryl, the uh, if, yeah. if I could, if I could interrupt you, you know, when you when people read things, it just comes it comes across as a monotone and it puts everybody to okay, sleep. Okay. Can you just tell I, me I, tell me what you want to say? Sure. Uh, it was diagnosed as um, bacterial meningitis. Very sick. We didn't know if she'd pull out. This I is your wife. To my wife. Yes. Okay. And I, um, uh, within two, three weeks, she started talking, and I kept. I mentioned one time. I said, you know, it really was the Tom Hartman show that saved your life because I had to caregive you and listen, and gladly listen to fifteen years of accumulated Tom Hartman. That's you. And <laughs> you got to laugh. This is wonderful. She said, Tom Hartman, Tom Hartman. She, you know, she was coming around. And she, I said, hey, let's do a meet and greet with him. She said, when? Oh, that's great. <laughs> as soon as you get so, out of the bed. So your wife is, is, is okay now, Daryl? Is that the bottom line? Well, she, she it was diagnosed as meningitis bacterial, the worst. Yeah, it's a nasty and, disease. And, yeah, it's a nasty disease compared to viral. And... Yeah. Uh, so we don't know how much they did a spinal tap and uh, the danger of the brain. You know, yeah. she might have short term. We don't. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but um, it really comes down to um, the insurance, which is perfect for your opening, Tom. It's uh, probably a million and a half. You know, fifteen, fifteen thousand for the airlift. I live on Bainbridge, around the corner from Doctor Coton and Coton, uh-huh. your friend. And yeah. so we flew into Seattle, and it's the best trauma center in five states. It costs you about sixty thousand to be flown up from Portland uh-huh. on a helicopter. It's very expensive. We have Regents A and C. We haven't seen a bill. That's great. We. We That's have great. not seen a bill, and I want to tell your, you and your listeners that um, forget about it going to Puerto Vallarta every year. If you, if you want to die with grace or at least live with grace and wake up from a comatose situation like my wife, you should, uh, you should check into Region C, A and C. It's yeah. terrific. Okay, well, I'm glad okay, you had Tom, a great God experience. bless you, and thank, thank you. You. you really did it. You know, you didn't know, but okay. I know. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much, Daryl. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity. And what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's 
or enter the code Hartman, the two ends, before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And uh, picking up your phone calls, Ray in Lancaster, California. Hey, Ray, what's up? Hey, Tom. Information is powerful. Knowledge is powerful. Thanks for your research on uh, uh, on Medicare. I'm going to be 65 in uh, uh, September. Retired school teacher after 29 years, and, and I'm enjoying retirement. I want to encourage uh, folks that with that information you gave, get out, call your senator, tell your friends like I'm doing. Forget Medicare Advantage. The baby boomer market is a big, those are big demographics. We, we can have a lot of power, a lot of economic power. And I'm just encouraging folks to, to read, research, listen to Tom, read, read the information, the data that you're, you're giving us, and let's, let's put some pressure on uh, federal government to uh, get rid of this uh, uh, the, 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 the scam, the corporate scam of, uh, of uh, the, uh, the Medicare and so-called advantage and going back to the standard standard Medicare. Right, and, and let's strengthen standard Medicare. Let's get rid of the need for a Medicare gap, you know, a Medigap plan that covers that 20% of Part B, um, you know, that's been there from the beginning. Let's get rid of that and just make Medicare a good, solid, single-payer system. That's right. That, that money, that, would, would you, you agree, Tom, that money that they're, they're giving to these corporations, that could help make it Medicare. Oh, a, easy. A, a yeah, this is, yeah, this is the, I mean, the big crisis with Medicare, in my opinion, is that Medicare Advantage is draining the system of cash. And, you know, and, and, yeah. and it's doing it in a way that's just generating billions, you know, tens of billions of dollars in profits for, you know, a handful of very, very large insurance companies. Ray, I got to move along, but thank you. Thanks for putting a punctuation mark on my rant. I appreciate the call. Janice in Englewood, Colorado. Hey, Janice, what's up? Um, I've got a couple things. I'm a retired critical care nurse, and mm -hmm. my husband and I got talked into Medicare Advantage by a doctor. And then when we tried to go back on regular Medicare, we found it very expensive because the GAP can now use pre-existing conditions as a way to set your premium. That's correct. It depends and, on the state, but yes, uh, presumably in Colorado that's the case because that's where you're calling from. Right. And doctors are helping with this. It's called direct contracting entities. Yep. They're signing their entire patient load up to Medicare Advantage. The patients have no choice. They don't even know about it until after the fact. And our own representative, Emily Sirota, passed legislation in 2019 to look at the different forms of health care. And the report came back in September, and it shows that single-payer is the best choice for all health care, would save us billions of dollars. Oh, hundreds of billions. Yes, absolutely. And, and good on Emily Sirota. That's David Sirota's wife, is it not? That is correct. Yeah, and David is, uh, you know, out there leading the charge on so many of these really great things. Um, marvelous. Janice, thank you so much for, for the call and, and for that information. 
Uh, Norma in Montgomery, Alabama. Hey, Norma, what's on your mind today? All of it. <laughs> ah, okay. First of all, long-term care. They're mm -hmm. talking about how we can't afford it. Well, all you have to do, these people would become federal employees, and they would have their own health care and retirement plan, and that's something they want. My neighbor passed away on October the 13th at the age of 101. Whoa. His children live in Birmingham, out of town. Mm -hmm. Okay. Daddy had to have help. So four years ago, they hired a black woman who had five daughters. 24-hour care, seven days a week, other than the one weekend a week, a month, they would come visit. 365 days a year. $12 an hour for a 12-hour shift, $144 for one person. $12 an hour, 12-hour shift, another 144 for the same day. $288 times seven, 360, well, about 345 days a year comes to $399,000 for the four years. So it costs, so it costs about $100,000 a year to provide a full-time helper. care in right. the home. Right. And so if we, people don't understand that this is what's happening. Now, how does when that, my mother, if, my if, mother if I had, could real quickly, Norma, before we get to that, do you have any idea how much, if it costs $100,000 a year roughly to have somebody, you know, with you all the time in your home caring for you, what does it cost to put somebody in a nursing home? A good nursing home here in Montgomery where the person is actually cared for, bathed and dressed, medicated correctly by the doctor's orders only. No, none of this mind-numbing stuff to keep them quiet. Right. That's what is done in most nursing homes. Right. But to, uh, to get excellent care is $10,000 a month. If, when they wanted to put my mother in a nursing home, when I walked up to the building, I could smell the urine. Oh my. I went to the room where they had just installed her. The woman in the next bed is laying there in a hospital gown, curled in a ball, and there's a pool of urine under her bed. I walked over to the bathroom door, opened it, and it's being used as a storage room. Oh my. All patients are in a hospital gown oh with my. the back open, and oh they're bathed three times a week whether they want to be bathed or not. Wow. Wow. So, week. so it's it's for 120,000 a year. That if I'm doing my math right, you know, 10,000 a month times 12. Um, it seems like in-home care is cheaper, and yes. that the quality would, you know, it's going to depend a lot on who you're the, hiring. This, this this black family, this woman and her five daughters, are I, I miss them. They're the most wonderful people I ever met. And I taught them while they during the four years the necessity of organic food. Yeah. They all became healthier, yeah. and they became and instead of being overweight and diabetic, they became healthier under what I taught them. That's and great. so it was a beneficial relationship, and the whole neighborhood took care of this man and watched over him. He was one of the last World War II vets. Right. When I had to bring I brought my mother home, and I had to have help. I could not do 24-7 myself because I'm recovering. I've just gone on disability. Right. And until we got United, uh, United Healthcare Advantage Plan under Medicare, I got two pieces of paper, one from Medicare of what my doctor bills were and what, what Blue Cross paid. Mm -hmm. I could look at the two of them and see what Medicare allowed and what Blue Cross paid. Now I get one piece of paper from United Healthcare saying how much they paid. 
I have no clue as to how much of my our Medicare money is actually paid to the doctor. Until you told me this morning they are ripping us off. Right. So what in the Sam Hill is wrong with this country that we can't teach our fellow citizens that we're all being scammed? And I see no reason... I am not responsible for the happiness of a rich person. I have no reason to contribute enough money for him to buy a second submarine to take his friends on a tour underwater. He's already got one for utilities. I'm not paying for a second one. Who's this? Uh, You know, really, people, pay attention to what's going on. If you stop and think about your phone bill, 100 a month? Three, say 200 million oh, we, people? We pay about twice as much for telephone service in the United States as any other developed country in the world. We pay two to three times as much for Internet service. No, um, we pay 12 times as much for inter- Internet. In France, Internet is 50 bucks a year. Wow. I thought it was like yes. $12 a month, but, you know, but whatever. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. And, and, you know, this is because we what? have these giant monopolies. Well, I, you know, a lot of this goes what back to... What is wrong to, with Congress, Tom? It goes back to neoliberalism. If we don't get control of Congress, we are never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Why should, you know, say AT&T gets $100 a month for their share of the population. If you, if you have 200 million people and they pay 100 a month each, that is $200 billion a, year, a month times 12. Yeah. No, it, 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 this up, all people. goes back to, to you know, Reaganism and, and this widespread belief across the Republican Party and many in the Democratic Party that markets should define how things are done rather than democracy, rather than the people. And so we well, stop. Tom, Tom, we need to stop these people talking about how bad long-term care is, because if we don't get it, everybody loses everything they own. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archive. And Steve in St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, Steve, what's up? Hey, Tom. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Well, you know as well as I do, money makes or breaks a campaign. Well, I think there's a crack. I just saw it here in my state of Missouri. J.P. Morgan, Chase, mm-hmm. they were uh, going to be providing ticket sales for this Defense of Liberty organization event that was going to be held in uh, St. Charles, Missouri. Defense 30, of Liberty sounds like Defense of Billionaires. 3,300 people, yes. Yeah. And the bank, oh, Ashley, our uh, state treasurer, came up and cited the terms of the service and they said they would not serve anyone who promotes hate, violence, racial intolerance, terrorism, the financial exploitation of a, a crime. Huh. In response, uh, Fitzpatrick, he threatened to pull the bank that the state uses, which is Chase, uh-huh. and they backed out. And that, uh, I heard that on Tucker Carlson. So what am I missing here, Steve? Well, in order to have a rally or a function like this, right. you have to, you have to have an account with the state treasurer for either liability setups. So basically, the state treasurer is saying to this right wing group, you know, you can't have this rally. And what am I? You know, what does J.P. Morgan Chase have to do with this? Well, the bank. This is that's the bank our state uses. Right. For fund for uh, their business and. Um, so they're backing they, away from the right-wing group? Is that the bottom line? 
That is correct. Yeah. They don't want to be responsible for any type of uh, liability that might happen. Sure. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you know, it's a, these right-wing groups show up and people die. I mean, you know, it's, uh, we've seen it over and over and over again. It happened here in Portland. It happened in Kenosha. It, you know, it, I, it, it, it happened in, uh, oh, where was Heather Heyer killed? Charlottesville. And on and on. Yeah. Steve, thanks. That's, that's fascinating. I, I appreciate the call. And, uh, and thank you for that. Bruce in Petaluma, California. Hey, Bruce, what's up? Hi. I want to talk about the tax exemption for religions and the tax write-off for individuals contributing to those religions. Okay. That is a very expensive part of the amount of the money that's not getting to our tax system. Yeah, an expensive part and, of our tax code. Guys, I'm with you. Yeah, these guys live like princes. And they're not religious. That's not religion. That's money. That's all that they're there for. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I think money, the golden calf is is the god for a lot of these, particularly these televangelists. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah can, yeah. They, can they eliminate that from the system and make all religions pay for their tax? They should. Every religion, uh, the Catholic religion is one of the, the wealthiest organizations in the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree, Bruce. I, my, what I've been saying for years and years and years is that I think that there, you know, I, I personally, as a, as a semi or quasi or whatever religious person, I think that religion plays a role in, in, in life and that, you know, it needs to be protected to a certain extent. We need to protect religion. We also need to be protected from religion. And I would say that if somebody wants to live monastically, and I think there's a, an appropriate space for that in society, but they don't have the means to, to pay a property tax every year, you know, because they're living like monks, that that's the sort of thing that should be tax protected, just like hospitals and schools, I think monasteries as well. But beyond that, yeah. you know, if a church wants to run a church, they should pay the damn property taxes. I mean, you know, Absolutely. it's like... It's, and the guy that walks home and, and drives up way in his Cadillac... Yeah. Should pay taxes. Yeah. And yeah. he's driving to his mansion. Oh, yeah. These televangelists, you know, with their new $50 million, you know, private jets and all that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally, totally with you. Thank you very much, Bruce, for that. Ziggy in Oneonta, New York. Hey, Ziggy, what's up? All right. Medicare will wither on the vine. 25 years ago, Newt Gingrich and the Republicans said that. And we crushed him on it. We took that slogan and we pushed him at it. And we were able to crush him with that saying. And today, Medicare is actually weathering on the vine because of Medicare disadvantage. And I've been thinking about this and saying, why could we do it then, but we can't seem to do it now? I don't expect you to have an answer, but it's something that's starting to gnaw at me. Well, it's George, we w, or George W. Bush and the Republicans in 2003 put this cancer, a Medicare Advantage, into the Medicare system. And that cancer has been growing. It's been metastasizing. It's now almost half of all Medicare. Uh, you know, they, they, it's privatization. They, they have effectively and successfully privatized almost half of the entire Medicare system without anybody raising an alarm. It's just astonishing. Yeah, it is to me. But I guess I, I almost want to blame our leadership for not fighting back better, but I'm not going to do that because I think we've gotten better leadership. But I just feel like we're missing out on a very valuable message that we could be pushing for uh, the public to hear, you know? And yeah. I, I guess I'm disappointed in that. 
Not in you, but... Uh, no, I get it. I get it, Ziggy. And, and uh, Democratic leadership should have been fighting this like hell ever since 2003, and they should have called it out for what it was at the time. And, and you know, it's this... I, I'm seeing the same thing now with this state and local tax. Uh, the, the, the SALT deduction. Um, this right. was something that Donald Trump included in his uh, big tax cut in 2017 just to right. screw with people in blue states. Because you've got people in blue oh, yeah. states who, between their property taxes and their income taxes, and I'm not talking about rich people. I'm talking just you know people at the top end of the middle class who are paying over $10,000 a year in combined property taxes and state income taxes. And he capped what they could deduct from their federal taxes at, at, at $10,000 a year. Just to, just to take basically the college-educated, upper-middle-income people to get them pissed off at their local Democratic elected officials. And now the Republicans are running ads going, oh, the Democrats want to cut taxes on millionaires and billionaires. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it, it, and, it's, and they're only able to get away with it because the Democrats never pointed out in the first place that this was just a naked political attack on people who live in cities and in blue states. Ziggy, I got to run, but thank you for the call. I, you know, I share your frustration. Democrats need to get better at messaging. That's why I wrote that book, Cracking the Code, the Communications Code, back in 2008, about how to communicate for, for you know, politics. We'll be right back. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's the Tom Hartman University Book Club. Today we're reading from Cracking the Code, How to Win Hearts, Change Minds, and Restore America's Original Vision. This is from the introduction, page one. My wife Louise and I live atop 30 feet of water, 100 feet from shore, in a houseboat on a river in Portland, Oregon. Or at least we did when I wrote this book. One day, I stepped out our back door onto the floating deck that serves as our backyard and found myself confronting a very upset Canada goose. He bobbed his head up and down, lifted his wings to make his body look larger and more intimidating, and ran straight at me, hissing and trying to nip at me. Observing this behavior, my comedian friend Swami Beyond Ananda, Steve Behrman, 
who was visiting us that week, named the bird Gussolini. I had no idea why this psycho goose was attacking me, but there was no mistake that Gussolini was trying to communicate. Stay inside that house and don't come out. I got the message, but I didn't stay inside. Said every time I went out to water the plants on my deck, I brought a broom with me to fight off Gussolini. I found out what was going on a week later when I learned from my neighbor that a female goose had settled on her back deck just a few feet from our own and was sitting on a nest. I realized that Gussolini must have been the proud papa protecting his territory, and I stopped swatting at him with my broom. Gussolini has a lot to tell us about communication strategies. Even though he was just doing what a gander does when he wants a predator to leave, draw attention to himself and away from his mate, attack first and ask questions later, he was able to communicate the go-away part of his message to me pretty well. We all communicate all the time, even when we don't give much thought to what we are saying or how we're saying it. Because Gussolini was unable to use what we would call rational powers of persuasion, he communicated by going straight for the more primitive parts of my brain, the parts we shared as human and goose, the center of our gut feelings. First time Gussolini attacked, I backed off because he was successful in communicating an intent to harm me, which caused me to feel fear, the most primal and visceral of human emotions. The first key to unlocking the communication code is to understand that when we communicate, feeling comes first. Emotions will always trump intellect, at least in the short term. This emotive form of communication, however, ultimately didn't get Gussolini the response he wanted. On its own, the attack wasn't very persuasive. Instead of shooing me away, Gussolini made me angry. Effective communicators know how to get the response they want because they understand how to tailor a message to the person who's listening. They know the second key to unlocking the communication code is that the meaning of a communication is the response you get. Because Gussolini couldn't tell me his story, I had to imagine his story for myself. The first story I came up with was that he was simply a psycho goose, trying to harm me for no reason I could understand. second story I came up with after talking to my neighbor was the story of a dad protecting his soon-to-be-hatched goslings. Both stories accurately described what was happening, but the stories led to very different endings. The psycho goose made me angry. The dad goose made me feel protective of Gussolini himself. In this book, I call such stories maps, and the world the stories describe as the territory. The third key to unlocking the communication code is, therefore, the map is not the territory. Each story captures a different piece of reality. No one story captures it all. The key to effective communication is to find the best story to use to convey your understanding of the world to the greatest number of people. In politics, we tell each other stories all the time. Think about it. Politics is really nothing more than a large set of stories. The United States of America began as a story that the founders and framers told about a society that could live in harmony around the principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This country was held together after the Great Depression and through a war by a story told by Franklin Roosevelt, which he called the New Deal. Ronald Reagan told a very different story, one we're still in, that he called the free market story. In Reagan's story, our corporate CEOs should run our society instead of our elected representatives because, as Reagan pointed out and probably believed, quote, the best minds are not in government. If they were, business would hire them away, end of quote from Reagan. Most of the stories we hear in the media today are scary. We're told to be afraid because the world is a bad place and people are untrustworthy. Every goose is a goosalini without understanding why. These scary stories are profitable to our infotainment industry and to the politicians who are typically allied with the barons of the infotainment industry. There is a different story, however, in which every Gussolini is a proud papa. 
It is a story of a world that is interconnected and of people who are fundamentally good. This is actually the traditional American liberal story, which has been told and understood since the first telling of it during the Enlightenment by thinkers like Jean-Jacques Rousseau, John Locke, and Thomas Jefferson. It's the story that reaches directly back to the founding of this country. My aim with this book is to give you the tools to tell the liberal story and to tell it well. I'll show you how the process of communication is coded, actually hardwired into our brains, and help you crack that code to become a brilliant communicator. First, though, a few concepts it's important to master. Everybody wants the best outcomes, and their behavior reflects the best tools they have to achieve those outcomes. Another way of saying this is that people always make what they think are the best choices given the circumstances and the tools they have. All behavior has, at its roots, the goal of a positive outcome. As a practical statement, this means that conservatives and liberals are both working toward the best world possible. And then it goes on from there. How do we differentiate this? How do we communicate this? Uh, The book is Cracking the Code. It's about the communication code. Ken in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Ken, what's up? Hey, Tom. We got a surprising call here now. Um, let me tell you that we have like three or four cell phones for various reasons. We're even getting them on our cell phones, like every hour, Medicare Advantage. Uh, and, you know, we, we basically ask them if it's Medicare Advantage. They usually won't answer, but eventually we ha- we wind up politely hanging up on them. Right. I just got a call. It was no more than 40 minutes ago. And it was somebody uh, said, well, I am so-and-so from the state of Tennessee. Oh, Okay. Uh, do you have Medicare? And I said, yes. I went down the office. I signed up for it. However, through my wife's work, we have Cigna. And when my wife retires, which is going to be soon, then we'll be going on Medicare. And she said, so you have Cigna Advantage, huh? And suddenly I get suspicious. Yeah. So I said, is this a call about Medicare Advantage? And uh, didn't say anything. And I said, we have no interest in Medicare Advantage. Yeah. The person says, thank you, and hangs up. Now, my problem with this is they're identifying themselves as the state of Tennessee. And they were lying to you. That, There's a link in, in my op-ed over at HartmanReport.com. There's a line where I mention the scam, the Medicare Advantage scam. Not the general scam, but how it's bringing these predators out of the woodwork. And there's a hot link to a story, a news story. I think it was in the New York Times, but it might have been another media that I, that I linked to. But it, it's the full story about how Medicare right now is being overwhelmed with calls from people who are saying that they got calls from people who claimed that they were either with state or federal governments or agencies, and they were calling to, to make sure that they had their Medicare Advantage plan uh, all set and everything, you know, and, and, and it's a lie. I mean, they, and in some cases, they actually are getting people's credit cards and, and Social Security numbers and Medicare, you know, numbers and all that kind of stuff, and then not even signing them up for Medicare Advantage. You know, they're, they're, they're identity theft scams. So be very careful if anybody calls you to try to sign you up for Medicare. The federal government and state governments do not call seniors and ask them to enroll in Medicare. It does not happen. So if somebody calls That's and says that they're calling from the state, they are trying to rob you. That's what I thought. Yeah. I really did. I thought it was either a scammer. Our governor here is not exactly Mr. Um, liberal, shall we say. Yeah, but they're, yeah, not, they're not doing it. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's okay. not the state. I guarantee you. It, this, you, you. You got, in all probability, that was one of those people who's just looking for a credit card number. You know. Well, these calls have gotten so bad. Uh, and my wife is a very, very gentle woman. 
uh, she's got it's gotten so bad at one time she just screamed into the phone and hung up. It's yeah. like it's every hour. It's like come oh, on, yeah. give me a break. Yeah, that's uh, you know I have uh, the only phone I have is my cell phone and it's an iPhone and I'm really happy that they've got this option in there now. Uh, where if somebody's not on your contact list, the phone doesn't even ring. It just goes right to voicemail on the other end. And uh -huh. it has, it has uh, I've eliminated almost all of my spam calls, you know, but knock wood. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, so I'd encourage you, Ken, to see if uh, you can do that with your phone company or with your phone because, uh, you know, it's, uh, those calls can be infuriating. Ken, I got to run, but thank you for the call. Ann in Sarasota, Florida. Hey, Ann, what's up? Yes, uh, Tom, have you heard about the more than doubling of the Medicare Part B premium for Medicare recipients that's yes. going to go into effect next year? Yeah, that's and, um, and, and also the core, uh, the Part B just just went up about 14%. And you know, the CMS is saying that in particular the Part D increase is because of this uh, drug for Alzheimer's that was unanimously rejected by the Independent Scientific Commission, but the FDA, for some reason, put on the market anyway. And it's like 50,000 bucks a year, as I recall. 56,000. Thank you. And many of the scientists on the board quit because they said this is, had not been clinically proven. Yep. Plus, what they're saying <clears throat> is that it may or may not be, you know, be uh, yeah. proven, and yet we're still going to get charged for this? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, I'm with you. There's there's something rotten in Denmark here. I don't know specifically what it is. I don't know if it's, you know, Trump holdovers at the FDA or, you know, somebody who's expecting to get a, a you know, a million-dollar-a-year job with uh, Big Pharma once they leave the FDA, or, you know, maybe there's something about this drug that we don't know. But I think, I think the process was fairly transparent. And, uh, and I, another thing, on the same subject, I heard that President Biden is considering somebody who was a big pharma lobbyist to be the head of the new head of the FDA. Did you hear anything about that? I haven't. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. This, there's a long tradition, particularly going back to the 1980s in America, of bringing people out of industry and putting them in government to regulate the industry and to do things that involve the industry. And then after they leave government, they go back to the industry. I mean, this, is, this was a big deal. This was George Herbert Walker Bush. When he was president, there was, at that point in time, there, there was no regulation for genetically modified organisms, uh, GMOs. Um, and Monsanto got their guy put in charge of doing that in the, in the government or you know, putting those things together. And then he left the government, went back to Monsanto. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't like it, Ann. I'm not happy about it, but it doesn't surprise me. Ann, thank you for the call. Randall in Minneapolis. Hey, Randall, what's on your mind today? What's on my mind is this uh, insurance fiasco with the Medicare Advantage. Mm -hmm. When Obama was in office, he told those insurance companies, you know, uh, there's pre-existing conditions and all this other stuff. You can't make more than 20% on your insurance anymore. Right. And, uh, but they can make more than that on Medicare Advantage, by the way. Well, yeah, but why? Why can't why can't they do that with Medicare Advantage? You still can't do this more than twenty percent. Because Medicare Advantage was designed as a scam back in in two thousand three when George Bush put it into law. It was intended to privatize Medicare, and they didn't care how much it cost Medicare. They didn't care how rapidly it drained Medicare's trust fund, because the whole point of Medicare Advantage is to destroy 
Medicare to turn the entire program over to private for-profit companies. And that's exactly what's going on. Over 40% of people who think they're on Medicare right now are actually on private for-profit Medicare Advantage plans or, or HMO Medicare Advantage plans. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's not a good thing. Randall, thanks for the call. Lori in Ocala, Florida. Hey, Lori, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. I want to admit I turned 65 this month. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And now I have Medicare and as many friends as I could possibly tell because a lot of the people I went to school with, obviously, um, are turning or have already turned 65. And I've warned them don't get on Medicare Advantage. This year has been different. This year, my husband and I were watching TV and he remarked, somebody must know that somebody in our house is getting on Medicare because these commercials are crazy. There were three in a row. And it was, it's just that they're pushing it so hard and they're saying after open enrollment day, December 7th, you won't have this option. Right. Now we're offering money for Social Security, so you can put money into your Social Security check. Oh, it yeah. almost, I mean, there's a desperateness, de- desperateness to it. Oh, and they're I making a fortune on this, Lori. I believe that uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema have been paid by Big Pharma, whomever, to delay, 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 because if this bill had been passed a long time ago, then Americans wouldn't be yearning to get hearing and to get um, health care, to get all the things that Medicare Advantage is trying to, you know, charm people to sign up here, you'll get it here, even though they know that this bill is going to cover a lot of right. that. So I think the main No, we, we know, Lori, that, that Big Pharma has put up over a million dollars worth of advertising celebrating Kirsten Cinema in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Saying, you know, you know, yeah, thank Christmas. And why Joe Manson? What is he against? Well, not against yeah. anything. I think we figured out what Joe is up to. But, Lori, thank you for the call. And by the way, you know, what Joe is up to may not be all that terrible. So it just as a qualifier. We'll find out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind today? Well, you know, Tom, as much as the Republican right wing love to rail against big government, they actually love big government because they accomplish their purposes through big government. And that is essentially using the power of government to tax the middle class and then collecting the revenues and turning around and handing it to their to their friends. Yeah. To, to, to pri- into private hands, especially and, the uh, military industrial complex. All of these things, that's another topic. They're all called entitlements. Entitlements are not just uh, food stamps and uh, so on, things like that. Entitlements are military contracts and subsidies for the colon 
and the energy industries, all kinds. Those are all entitlements as defined by the Supreme Court in Goldberg versus Kelly in 1970. But what I want to say is we are losing. Progressives are losing at the federal level with regard to progressive policies because I think I'm the only one to point out that we, we talk about, hey, we need to expand Medicare. And Medicare has already been expanded, only in the privatizing direction. We yep. have Medicare Advantage, right? Yeah, it's and over 40% of Medicare. people on Medicare now, or, or at least people who think they're on Medicare, are now with a private insurance company with Medicare Advantage. Right, and that's, that's taking public money and putting it in private hands. Correct. And the same thing with Medicare Part D. Yep. And the same thing with charter schools. Yep. So we, we have to stop them from doing this. We have to. They love to do it at the, they'll do it at any level of government, oh, but of course. they love to do it especially at the federal level because it's easier. And here's the deal. The federal government can borrow money, and that means they, can, that means they don't they, they're, the rich people, the wealthy don't, and corporations don't have to pay taxes. That's the way they run government, by borrowing, and then they realize, oh, my God, the debt, the debt. You know, you've already gone over that, but they, they, they use the power of government. They use our credit card to borrow money to hand to the rich, to privatize things. Yeah. And that's really how things, that's really how. I think the tide is turning, Paul. I think Americans are wising up to this. Um, I get it, and I agree with you that, uh, you know, Medicare may be lost, uh, you know, this, this damage that uh, George W. Bush did, you know, with the Medicare Advantage uh, in 2003 has now just metastasized throughout the system. Medicare Part D as well, the whole drug program. Um, uh, I, I, I'm very concerned about it. But here's the good news. And you know, Tom, can I just just, just say is that, and uh, Democrats are just stymied by deer in the headlights when, when about Medicare Advantage. Nobody ever said, but you can't keep your doctor, and you can't. I don't right. bet you any money that if you were to say, oh, yeah, I'm thinking, if, you, if they call you like Humana calls you, and you say, oh, yeah, I'm interested, but uh, can I, uh, my doctor, well, let's look up your doctor's. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We don't cover that. We don't cover That's her. Right. But there is a doctor in your area that we do cover. Right. It's it, all the arguments that they used against Obamacare. You could use against yeah. Medicare Advantage. I agree. Uh, here's the good news. Joe Biden just nominated two people for the U.S. Postal Board of Governors. And those are the people who have the power to fire Louis DeJoy. And because he's going to replace two of uh, DeJoy's backers, Ron Bloom and, and John Barger. He has uh, nominated Daniel Tangerlini and Derek Kahn to or con k-a-n to the board and uh you know this is like good news so paul right. don't despair <laughs> we, we okay. have a hell of a lot of work to do but i think i think people are waking up paul thanks a lot for the call it's always nice to hear from you steve in phoenix arizona hey steve what's on your mind today hey greetings uh, there tom you know, I just can't say enough good things about original Medicare. I'm on that. I've been on it for about a year and a half or so. And I have a Part G supplement, and that picks up the deductible. Mm-hmm. Me too. And yes, and that's wonderful. And, and and last year in October, you might remember, I had prostate cancer. And I had to go into the hospital and get it, you know, removed. And I was in there for two days. Um, side story, I just had a one-millimeter spread. But luckily... I'm at a year, year plus, I'm undetectable. So I'm thrilled with that. Yeah. But the good thing is also, the, monetarily the good thing is, is I didn't see a, I didn't see a bill. The Medicare, original Medicare and my supplement paid for the, the whole thing and including the Part A deductible. And anybody who, I strongly urge anybody who's considering has a choice, 
go with, you know, original Medicare and Part G, and you won't be sorry. Right. Part G is one of the types of plans. They're called Medigap policies that fill in that 20% gap that, that uh, you could date back to the 1960s. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. I, you know, uh, went through a similar thing and also had back surgery, and both of them were paid for by Medicare, Medicare and, you know, not a penny, not a penny out of pocket. It was amazing. So have a good, have a good weekend, Tom. Thank you, and yes, Steve. It, it is great. Thank yeah, you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Sharon in San Marcos, California. Hey, Sharon, what's up? Hi, hi Tom. Hey, uh, I can hear you now. Sure. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, the pressure is really on for Medicare Advantage. Um, I have been keeping track since September 30th of every call, every robocall I have received. And from my past experience, I don't answer them anymore. I just keep track of them. From my past experience, it's like one out of 100 is not Medicare Advantage. 99 out of 100 are for Medicare Advantage. Since September 30th, I have received 554 calls. Wow. I've received I've received as many as 40 in one day. Wow. I've received as I've received as many as 27 robocalls within a 2-minute period. Wow. Whose list they did you get up. on, Sharon? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I bet you if if you keep track, you know, like what you're doing is you're just not answering and then you're probably deleting the phone numbers out of your call list. Yes, I've them. I have them. been Yeah, I've been translating those from my blocked calls into an Excel spreadsheet. Uh Uh, And of all of those 554 calls, only two have come from the same phone number. They are all different phone numbers. No, they spoof numbers constantly. Their new thing is to spoof a number that looks very similar to your number. You know, same area code, same prefix. So you think it's a a neighbor or a friend. Most of them are my from area, my area code, but they are from all over the country. Alabama is big. Yeah, amazing. Sharon, thanks for that. And thanks for hanging on and letting us know. Boy, what an amazing story. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Our book today in the Tom Hartman Book Club is Health Justice Now, Single Payer and What Comes Next by Timothy Faust. And this is from the introduction. A secret scream rings through America. It rings down the sterile fluorescent hallways of our hospitals. It rings over our rural towns and our native reservations. It rings through our prisons, the bellies of our great cities. It rings in our farms, in our fields, our streets, and our sewers, our bodies, and our blood. And we are cursed to never hear it clearly until, at last, we realize it has been our own mouth screaming and we are lost. A child born today inherits in that secret a new American squalor, the skeletal remains of the American cities, the bleached bones of the American suburbs. This secret is a birthright of continual exploitation, pumped for labor and drained of cash and then punished for the resulting suffering, punished for being hungry, punished for being sick, punished for being pregnant, punished for being poor, punished for being black or brown, punished for being queer, for being unlucky, for being At the base of that suffering is lodged a little truth, like a knot in the stomach. In America, sickness makes you poor, and poorness makes you sick. This is a book about that relationship and why it happens, and why it's unnecessary, and what we can do to fix it. The cosmic whirling of God's great slot machine has not determined that some people are fated to suffer while others flourish. We have the resources to take care of everyone, and yet we refuse to do so. Your medical debt and medical bills are unnecessary. 
but we have chosen to make them necessary. These are structural problems with structural causes, and many of them share roots in how we pay for health care. This is a book about health care and health finance. They are different. Health care is anything that helps you stay safe and healthy. It's a kind of freedom from and within your own body. Health finance is the method by which we as a country pay for that freedom and by which we decide who gets to have it and who doesn't. Health care is more than what happens to you in the hospital. Health care is whether your home makes you sick, or your food makes you sick, or your environment makes you sick, or whether you have enough money to afford the things that keep you healthy. In America, the structure of corporate health care has convinced us that some people deserve health care and some people don't. This is a book about that corporate health finance, about private insurance and private insurers. For half a century, they've convinced us that they're the only things that keep us or could ever keep us from the utter financial ruination of illness. They've sold us different inadequate insurance plans and persuaded us that this is a form of great liberty while chipping away at our freedoms for profit and holding our bodies and our children's bodies hostage. This is a book about single-payer health care, a health finance model in which we pool our abundant collective resources to provide health care to all people. It is a common model across the world. As we will discuss in this book, we have the potential not just to enact a single-payer program in America, but to build the greatest health care program among any so-called developed democracy. Here is my profession of faith. I believe beyond any doubt the single-payer is demonstrably sound and imminently feasible. I believe a properly ambitious and well-structured single-payer program will do more than any other American social program of this generation to soothe the burns, to resuscitate the spirit, to nourish the moral will of the American people. I believe it will loosen the loathsome manacles of American health finance, an exploitative institution that profits by plundering from us our own bodily autonomy and that anchors the larger exploitation that holds those whom we love as captive leverage to guarantee our servitude to abusive employers or domestic partners, to those who seek to dominate us both in the office and in the hospital. I believe this nation owes its people, whose labor has created its rich banquet, the safety and agency of health care. I believe this health care is greater in scope than that which happens upon an operating table. I believe that housing, food, income, and more, the components of basic human dignity, are health care. And I believe our work is that of striving toward justice for all people. And I therefore believe, I have to believe, that single-payer health care is our moral imperative. Single-payer is our tool. Single-payer is our weapon. Single-payer is our first step. But single-payer on its own is not the goal. This book is about health justice. Healthcare is personal, so I want to start this book personally by introducing two friends of mine, Steve Way and Kyle Kolick. They're two guys about my age, I'm 30, who live in North New Jersey. They're sweet, gentle people and probably the most charismatic pair of friends I've met in my entire life. They make me laugh until my face hurts and we like watching pro wrestling together. They're also being utterly broken by our American healthcare system and it's keeping them from living their lives. Steve has muscular dystrophy. The muscle and tissues that hold his body together are eating themselves. He's doing pretty good, all things considered. He beat his original life expectancy of 18 and now probably has a long life ahead of him. 
Steve needs a wheelchair to move and a ventilator to help him breathe. The book, Health Justice Now, Timothy Faust. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 